it's Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church, and we'd love for you to join us. Our scripture reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Romans in the New Testament, chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God.
my neighbor uh, texted me on uh, Thursday night and said, hey, you want to get the kids together uh, tomorrow night? Out, outside. I said, sure, that sounds great. Let's do it. And uh, we continued to text. And he said, well, what if what if I invite so-and-so next door to you? And I said, great. Uh, I'll text so-and-so uh, down the road from you. And one thing led to another. And by the time we got together at the dead end in front of our house with coolers and snacks and chairs and a table and a fire pit and stuff for s'mores, it was no longer just an impromptu get together. It was a block party with our entire end of the street participating. It was awesome. We went out about six o'clock and just started hanging out, reconnecting, catching up, uh, asking the questions that we only, the only questions we know how to ask right now, what vaccine did you get? (laughs) Um, and, uh, and within the hour though, the clouds started to roll in. This was uh, this was Friday night. The sky darkened, the wind picked up, the trees swayed back and forth. The storm was clearly moving in. And then there was a raindrop, and then another, and then another, and then soon the heavens opened into a full-on downpour, and we were soaking wet. But the amazing thing was. That as the rain came down in buckets, in sheets, nobody moved. Nobody flinched. Nobody even said, should we we think about wrapping this up? There was no rush to get everything back inside and batten down the hatches. No one was was racing to cover the food, make sure the, the marshmallows and Hershey bars wouldn't get soggy. The kids continued running around playing. The grownups continued talking and the rain continued to fall. We didn't move. You know why? We didn't move. Because we needed it. We needed community. We needed that time together. And as the rain fell, it it sort of felt like a release, something new. It also felt, in a way, like an act of defiance. Because after a year plus of social isolation and and mandated disconnection and physical distancing, no amount of rain was going to keep us apart and send us back inside. Willing to bet that whether we realized it or not, whether this explicitly figured into our decision or not, we stayed in the rain because we're hardwired for connection, for community, for relationship. It's in our bones. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. We stood there defiantly with our neighbors in the downpour because it's who we are. And today we are reminded that it's who we are hardwired for community and for connection made for relationship. Because it's who God is. Are you with me? It's who we are because it's who God is. And that's what today is all about. As you've heard, as, we, as we've talked about uh, in, in the call to worship from, uh, from Matt and Maria and Connor and Allie, so good. Today is what's called Trinity Sunday. Celebrated every year on the Sunday following Pentecost, which was last week. Pentecost, uh, we celebrated on Zoom last week, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church, the beginning of this Jesus movement millennia ago that we still get to be a part of now. The Zoom was so much fun, by the way, so much holy chaos. Thanks to those of you who uh, who joined. If you couldn't make it, we missed you. Know that uh, Know that we missed you. But Trinity Sunday gives us a chance to pause each year. And to reflect on the fullness of who God is and what it means for how we live and move. It it gives us space carved out in our regular rhythm that allows us to stop and consider the doctrine of the Trinity that is so crucial to our Christian faith and ponder the breadth and depth of that reality as it is brought to bear on each of our journeys. 
the doctrine of the Trinity as revealed in scripture holds that God is at once three in one and one in three, three persons, father, son, and Holy spirit. Or sometimes you might hear creator, redeemer, and sustainer. And these three persons of the Trinity, though distinct are, are not separate from each other. They're not pieces of a single pie. Instead, they are in complete union and unity with each other. Each the whole pie, each with the same being or essence or power. And if you're there trying to make sense of it all, doing some some mental gymnastics to figure this out, you're not alone. Over the years, many have attempted to use various metaphors or images to try to nail down and, and parse out exactly what this uh, what this means, what Trinity means. You may have heard uh, Doctrine of Trinity explained using a three-leaf clover or using the three states of water, water, ice, and steam. Again, dance imagery. My favorite in the last few years has, has been when fidget spinners were super popular. Remember those? Uh, and people started trying to explain the Trinity with that. And spoiler alert, you can't. And that's just the thing. Each of these attempts falls short in some way, many of them devolving into heresy. Like the clover and the, the, the states of water. Because the doctrine of Trinity is, is mystery. It's one of the mysteries of our faith. One of those parts of our faith that we can't explain our way into or rationalize. Try as we might, it doesn't work out on paper in a nice, neat mathematical formula. It defies explanation. And so what do we do? What do we do? In the absence of explanation, we're left instead with experience. We may not be able to explain it fully, but we can experience it. We can experience it through images we see and stories that we hear and lives we live, each offering us a glimpse of the fullness of God, a snapshot of the totality of our triune God. You with me? And the scripture that Alicia read for us this morning, hey, Wendy, the, the scripture that Alicia read for us this morning from Paul's letter to the church in Rome in the New Testament is one of those images, one of those stories, one of those snapshots that helps us experience life with God in all its fullness. Paul is writing to the fledgling church in Rome and is uh, describing to them what life is like when the spirit gets involved. We talked about that a little bit last week, what life is like in the wake of the resurrection. Now that Jesus has been raised by that same spirit, granting freedom from fear and greed from the powers and principalities that deceive and, and sow division from the things that hold us back from love and turn us inward and, and cause harm and disconnection and death to ourselves and our neighbors. Paul says, you're free from that. It's done. That's the work of Christ. It's the, the power of resurrection. In Christ, the chains are broken and those things that once bound you are no more. You have been given new life in Christ. So now live like it. Live like it. And that's his invitation in this passage to simply become who they already are. That's the gist here. Paul says, what, what are you doing? What are you doing holding on so tightly to your old life with fear holding you back and the voices that lie to you and the stories that claim you and tell you you're not enough? What are you doing? What's with that? His voice gets really high. <laughs> Don't you get it? God has given you a spirit of adoption. And what that means is you belong to God. I do too. We're family now. Can't you feel it? The old way, it's gone. 
Can't you feel the spirit of God witnessing to your own spirit, meeting you in every inhale and every exhale to remind you who you really are? You're a child of God. You're safe here. You're beloved. You are enough. Feel that love. Feel that assurance. Know it. Become who you already are. Become who you already are. Did you catch the parental imagery here? We're we're meant to understand that, that we've been adopted as God's own. We're to understand that God's love is marked by the intimacy and generosity of a loving parent. And that distinction is important. I, I know that, that, um, that some don't always have the best relationship with their parents. And, and so the image of a parent can be hard, but, but this is a description of a loving parent, a parent whose nature and being is love, one that we can cry out to and who will respond to us with love. It makes me think about how in my, my earliest days as a new dad, someone told me that when your kid gets hurt, when they fall down, when they get scared, our go-to, our default is often to say, you're okay, you're okay, and offer that reassurance. You know that? But I was coached in those early days that instead of saying you're okay, what I should say is you're safe. You're safe. That's because they're clearly not okay. They're crying for a reason. And to say that you're okay puts distance between you and the child. It, it, it invalidates their experience, violates that relationship. It creates a disconnect. They think they're not okay while the grown-up says they are. And, and maybe we know that they're not really hurt or that whatever it is that's frightening them is nothing to be afraid of, but they don't know that. But instead, when we say you're safe, we say you're safe. We're saying, hey, I'm here. I got you. I'm with you. I see you. You're not alone. When we say you're safe, we're, we're moving closer. We're coming alongside. We're prioritizing connection, offering empathy. We're, we're validating the experience. And because of that connection, because of that relationship, we're then providing a firm foundation on which they can heal and take the next step, whatever that may be. When the spirit of God witnesses to our spirit, that's what Alicia read. That's the sort of feeling that Paul is describing here. When the spirit of God witnesses to our spirit, the assurance of God's love, that we belong to God, that we are children of God. It's that feeling, that safe feeling of being seen and known, that connection, that belonging, that intimacy, that assurance, that safety. And with the assurance of God's love, comes that safety because this love isn't earned. You can't win it. You can't take it and it can't be taken away. It's given freely. And when we receive that love and claim it, there is a safety and security in it as if God is saying, I see you, I know you, and I love you. You're safe. Period. There are many places in our lives and in the world where we might experience uh, feeling not safe. We might feel unsafe, not, not whole or off balance or, or not enough. Many places where lies are fed to us about who we are, whose we are, many places that, that, seemingly, that seemingly strip us of our humanity and smudge the divine fingerprints that mark us as God's own. Maybe for you, you don't feel like you can be your authentic self in certain places or among certain people because 
you're afraid of how they'll respond, afraid you might be cut off by those who say they love you. Unsafe. Maybe, maybe you felt unsafe at work, feeling like at a moment's notice you could lose your job, and so you keep your head down. You don't want to rock the boat. You're always on edge. Maybe you felt unsafe with people you truly love and respect, afraid to speak out or afraid to confess a hard truth for fear that they'll leave you, abandon you. Maybe you felt unsafe with a partner or a friend. Uh, One misplaced word or one small mistake could upend everything, could cause harm, you think. So it's better to just be small and limit yourself. Maybe you felt unsafe in other ways. But the love that we encounter in this passage, the assurance that we experience here is a love that says you're safe. You're safe to be who you are, your authentic self, and know that you are still loved fully and completely. You're safe to take risks, to lift your head up, to be seen, to be visible, to step out in faith because you are fearfully and wonderfully made and an invaluable part of the whole. You're you're safe to, to say what you need to say, to speak out to share the hard stuff and trust that God's not going anywhere. You're safe to say the wrong thing. You're safe to try and fail. You're safe to make a mess of things because God loves you and will forgive you. There's always a second chance. You're safe. You're safe. So become who you already are. It's the love of our triune God because in that safety, we experience the intimacy and generosity of a God who loves us like a loving parent. We taste the freedom to take risks and the new life found in second chances through the work of Jesus. And and this safety is sustaining as well. It gives us peace by the power of the Holy Spirit and sends us into new futures and new life. That's the love of our triune God. And here's the thing. Here's the thing we especially need to roll around with today. On Trinity Sunday, here's the thing about a God who is three in one and one in three. Here's the thing about a God for whom the three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, are engaged in an eternal and cosmic dance, constantly giving and receiving love and inviting us into that love. Here's the thing. A triune God implies that the very nature and being of God is community, is connection, is relationship relationship is the heart of God. And even though we may not fully be able to explain it or uh, we can't experience it. And the best way that we experience it here and now is in the church at its best, the manifestation of God's love on earth in beloved community. If the very nature and being of God is community and we are made in the image of God, then we too are hardwired for connection and relationship. It's who we are because it's who God is. Are you with me? And so here's the question for you. As we move into this summer, as we continue to build on the foundation that God has laid in and through the local church, this movement of God's love, here's the question as those made in the image of God, of our triune God, a God rooted in community and relationship, the question is, will you help us create this place of safety? Will you show up and help us continue to create this place of safety? Will you, by God's grace, help create this faith community to be a place where all of God's children feel safe 
and belonging and loved fully, completely, where we can all be our authentic selves, where we can take off our masks, where we can try things and take risks and work things out and be loved in it all, where we can share the hard stuff and receive the hard stuff and, and keep at it and stay at the table. And knowing that there's refuge here, could this be a community, a community that's, that's really a launching pad, empowering with that safety, from that place of safety to step out in faith toward justice, solidarity, equity, peace, and love in the way of Jesus? This is not a rhetorical question. What do you think? Can we do it? Can we become who we are? If you're with me, put yes in the comments. Drop an emoji. If you're willing to do this, let me see your yeses. Become, become who you already are. In the name of the triune God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. It's Allie again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more information about The Local Church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at localchurchpbo. Until next time, love where you are.